0: Judges 9, I'd anticipated us making it through this chapter in two weeks, but I don't think we're going to make it. we still got a lot left, and we may make it. We'll just just wait and see. Uh, Judges 9, verse 22 is where we will start. Judges 9, verse 22. When you get it, say, got it. Got it. All right. Good deal. Let's pray, and then we'll get started. Father God, we come to you tonight, and I thank you for these words, and I pray that you would help me to do a good job of preaching and teaching. I pray that there's something in here we can get that we can learn from. I pray that you just give me the words to speak. I pray that you give us the words we need to hear, dear Lord, that the Holy Spirit uh, would speak to us through your words, both now and any time we read them or hear them, wherever we may be, dear Lord. I pray that you hide me behind the cross, and I pray that you just let your Holy Spirit lead and guide us tonight. In Jesus' name I ask it. Amen. Amen. Just a little recap so we know where we are, in case you wasn't here last week or maybe you've forgotten. Uh, but we are talking about Abimelech. Now there's uh, a couple of different Abimelechs, at least in Scripture, that we see. Uh, so not to get them all confused, uh, but this particular Abimelech was the son of of Gideon, who was one of the judges of Israel. Now Gideon had delivered the Israelites from the Midianites. The Israelites wanted Gideon to be their king. Gideon said, I will not rule over you. My sons will not rule over you, but God should rule over you. Now that was good instruction for the Israelites, but it was instructions they did not heed. And so what we see in Judges 9 is that Abimelech becomes king of the region and Abimelech is not a nice guy. Abimelech came into power because he had his 70 brothers killed. And so all of the other sons of Gideon had been killed. Uh, Abimelech went to his relatives and Shechem convinced them, hey, look, you should let me be your leader. Uh, He convinced them of that. They gave him some money. They made him their leader. They all killed his brothers. And here we have Abimelech who was sitting as king. Now there was one son of Gideon who had escaped. His name was Jotham. And he spoke a word uh, against what was going on. Or, Well, it turned out to be against. But he spoke a word saying, look, one of two things are going to happen. If this is the way God wants it to be, for Abimelech to be your leader, then all will be well. Abimelech will lead you, and you will be happy, and he will be happy, and everything will be good. If, however, God doesn't want Abimelech to be your leader, if this is not the way God intended for things to be, then look out, because Abimelech's gonna make it rough on you and you're gonna make it rough on Abimelech. Now, he told them this through this story, through this fable, uh, we can call it, about these trees. He's using an illustration here about these different trees, some of them being a little grander than others. And one tree asked another, uh, uh, one group of trees asked this one tree, would you lead us? And every tree said, no, I'm not gonna lead you, I gotta do my own thing. And eventually, the, the trees asked the bramble bush, uh, would you lead us? And the bramble bush just says, okay, well, I'll lead you. And so, he kind of used that weird fable uh, but it was pointing toward uh, to uh, uh, Abimelech and Abimelech being a bad leader. And so what we saw last week is that Abimelech was put into power by these people and what we're going to see tonight is that what Jotham said is going to come true and not the good part, but the bad part because this was not uh, the way that God intended it to be. Abimelech was not the man that God had put in place for the people of Israel. And as a result of that, uh, there's going to be trouble in the land. All right, Judges 9, verse 22. When Abimelech had ruled over Israel three years, God sent an evil spirit between Abimelech and the lords of Shechem. They treated Abimelech deceitfully, so that the crime against the 70 sons of Jeroboam, that is Gideon, might come to justice and their blood would be avenged on their brother Abimelech who killed them and the lords of Shechem who had helped him kill his brothers. The lords of Shechem rebelled against him by putting people on the tops of mountains to ambush and rob everyone who passed by them on the road. So this was reported to Abimelech. So, It took a little bit of time for things to get really bad, but after three years of Abimelech being the leader, things were bad. It happened exactly as Jotham said it was. The people began to get tired of Abimelech, Uh, Abimelech began to get tired of the people, and things went south very fast. Now, it doesn't take long for people to get tired of a leader, three years. Uh, We can relate to that in some way, regardless of what your political views are. When a president gets put into office by four years, if you don't like that president, whoever he is, Democrat or Republican, by three years in, you're tired of him. And Abimelech, he had only been in office, if we can call it that, for three years, and things were starting to go south really fast, and so it says that the lords of Shechem, or the men of Shechem, the leaders of the, the, the town of Shechem, begin to treat Abimelech deceitfully. Now this should come as no surprise to us. Uh, as the saying, uh, 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 the saying goes, uh, oh dang, I'm drawing a blank. Boy, I hate it when that happens. That's the worst when you stand up here and you're about to say something and you can't remember uh, 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 what you were gonna say. Uh, but, but what we see here is we see evil people doing evil things uh, to one another, and, and that should come as no surprise to us, neither in this group, whether it is Abimelech or whether it is the men of Shechem, uh, there is no honor among thieves. That's what I was looking for. As the saying goes, there is no honor among thieves. That is, you can't trust another thief. Uh, You may be buddy-buddy, but ultimately there's no trust to be had. So uh, if you're a thief with another thief, it should come as no surprise to you uh, that someone steals from you, and you probably, if you are a thief, wouldn't have any problem stealing from them. Now, it doesn't say here that Abimelech and these men are thieves, but you. You get the picture when evil people run with evil people there's no real love there and there's no problem with deceiving one another and with stabbing one another in the back and that's the point that the people had gotten to here abimelech had been in office for all of this time well there's a problem that's arising they are treating abimelech bad abimelech's not doing any better to them and it says in verse 24 uh, or excuse me, verse 23, uh, God sent an evil spirit between Abimelech and the lords of Shechem. So this dissension that was taking place between Abimelech and his followers here, this was as a result of the Lord allowing an evil spirit, or some of your translations may say a spirit of ill will, although that I don't know that that's the most accurate. It does kind of take the edge off of it because it seems a little better than us thinking that well, the Lord would send an evil spirit because that may be kind of a hard thing for us to wrap our head around. But I believe that that's probably closer to to being more literal there, to the word that's used by saying that the Lord used an evil spirit or allowed or sent an evil spirit between Abimelech and the lords of Shechem. So let's stop there for a second because that is a difficult thing for us to wrap our head around that God would use something evil uh, to accomplish what he's trying to do. Now, this in no way implies that God is evil, but the idea of of God kind of handing people over to their heart's desires is not something that is uncommon to scripture. Now, sometimes God does allow things that are bad to happen to people to teach them a lesson. Uh, Now, God is not just picking good, innocent people here to do this too. Let us remember that Abimelech and these men are evil men. They put 69 other men to death. They killed 69 of Gideon's other sons. So these are bad guys. These are not nice guys. It took three years for this to occur, for God to allow this evil spirit to come in and cause this uh, dissension and, 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 and feud between them. So we can't accuse God of being impatient because three years have passed, we can't accuse these men of being innocent because they are by no means innocent, nor can we accuse God of wanting to punish people unjustly. The scriptures say the exact opposite of that. Now, this idea that God allows an evil spirit to come in uh, and, and, and carry out judgment on people is something that we see in other spots in scripture. Uh, one, another passage in 1 Samuel chapter 16, verse 14 we see the same thing happen with King Saul, who, guess what, was another evil man who had plenty of opportunity to repent and do what was right. But guess what? He did not choose to repent and do what was right. So guess what happened? He suffered as a result of that. Uh, in the New Testament, we see another story. Uh, in 1 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 5, when Paul is dealing with someone caught in sexual immorality in the church in Corinth, he says turn that person over to Satan for a little while so that in the day of the Lord, they may be saved. So this idea of, of turning people over to their wicked ways and maybe that'll get their attention is not an uncommon theme in either the Old Testament or the New Testament. We see a similar thing in Romans chapter one when God is talking about the sexual sin that's taking place there. He says, and so God turned them over to their wicked desires. Now, sometimes... God will turn us over to our sinful, evil, wicked desires should we choose to seek those things. Uh, it's It's not what God wants. God does not want us to suffer in our sin. God does not want us to be disobedient. And when we are disobedient and suffer, sometimes we may say, this is all your fault, God. You made this happen. Well, just because God warns us something is going to happen and we do exactly what God tells us not to do and it happens, Well, that's not God's fault. That's our fault. God gives us fair warning. We have the whole scripture here. Now, sometimes we don't listen to that warning, and hopefully we don't get to the point of King Saul, or we don't get to the point of Abimelech and these people, or the man that's being referenced in uh, 1 Corinthians 5, or those who are being referenced in Romans chapter 1. Hopefully we don't get to whatever sin it may be in our life that we get to that point But sometimes we may get to a point where God may have to say, all right, I'm going to allow this thing to happen to you. I've been protecting you. I've been watching out for you. And I've done everything I can to try to reach you, but you're not listening to me. Now, God's desire, and don't miss this, God's desire is always for us to turn from sin. Any punishment that God puts us through is not because he's having fun with us. It's because he's trying to get our attention. No different than when you would, you would give your children or your grandchildren a spanking, or you would ground them, or you would put them in a corner, or you would punish them in some way. Well, guess what? They didn't like it. But why did you do it? Well, you did it, or you do it, because you love them, and you don't want them to keep doing it. You're trying to teach them a lesson. Some kids get those lessons. Some kids don't. Well, it's the same with, with people spiritually. Sometimes we get those lessons, some people don't. Some people never get those lessons, and they never put their faith in Jesus Christ. But even as Christians, for those of us who have put our faith in Jesus Christ, guess what? Sometimes we don't get those lessons either. Those things that God has clearly told us to do or not to do, or how to act or not to act. Well, sometimes we act in those ways we shouldn't, and sometimes there are consequences, Could God always protect us and deliver us from bad things? Well, He could do so, but I would say that He would not be a very loving God if He allowed us to do what we wanted without trying to keep us safe and teach us to do what was right. And so when we see here that God sent or God allowed this evil spirit to come between them, God is not acting unjustly toward the evil that's being done. Just the opposite is taking place. God is very just, and being a just God... He does allow these things to take place. Now, I have no doubt that Abimelech and these men could have repented. They could have repented and they could have lived. But sadly, they chose not to. Let us learn from their mistakes. Let this be a warning to us. Let us look at our own life and say, okay, are there things that we can turn from that we're not turning from? Because when the day comes and we stand before the Lord, We will not be able to argue and say, well, Lord, I didn't know any better. Lord, why are you doing this to me? Why are you punishing me, dear Lord? This is your fault because that will not hold up. Ezekiel chapter 18, if you want to turn there, you can. I know this is going to be a long passage we're going to read in Ezekiel, but it's okay because it is a really good passage that I think helps us understand uh, the point of what we're talking about here in this passage in Judges 9. Ezekiel chapter 18, verse 23. I'll probably just read through the whole thing, even though it is kind of long, but it's, it's, a, it's a pretty simple passage, and y'all are, y'all are smart folks, so y'all will, y'all will pick up on it. Ezekiel chapter 18, verse 23 says, now this is the Lord speaking here. Do I take any pleasure in the death of the wicked? This is the deca- declaration of the Lord God. Instead, Don't I take pleasure when he turns from his ways and lives? But when a righteous person turns from his righteousness and practices iniquity, committing the same detestable acts that the wicked do, will he live? None of the righteous acts he did will be remembered. He will die because of the treachery he has engaged in and the sin he has committed. But you say, the Lord's way isn't fair. Now listen, house of Israel, is it my way that is unfair? Instead, isn't it your ways that are unfair? When a righteous person turns from his righteousness and practices iniquity, he will die for this. He will die because of the iniquity he has practiced. But if a wicked person turns from the wickedness he has committed and does what is just and right, he will preserve his life. He will certainly live because he thought it over, and turned from all of the transgressions he had committed. He will not die. But the house of Israel says, The Lord's way isn't fair. Is it my ways that are unfair, house of Israel? Instead, isn't it your ways that are unfair? Therefore, house of Israel, I will judge each one of you according to his ways. This is the declaration of the Lord God. Repent and turn from all your transgressions, so they will not be a stumbling block that causes your punishment. Throw off all the transgressions you have committed and get yourselves a new heart and a new spirit. Why should you die, house of Israel? For I take no pleasure in anyone's death. This is the declaration of the Lord God. So repent and live. Now, does God sound like a very bad guy there? He sounds like a pretty good God. He lays it out for us. Look, it's not my desire, the Lord says, that anybody should die or be punished. God says, I'm not unfair, even though the people here are accusing him of being unfair. God is repeating what their thoughts of their hearts are or maybe things that they had uttered with their mouth that God is unfair in his ways, but God says, I'm not unfair. I am just. I punish those who are sinful and I deliver those who are repentant. God says, I take no delight in, su- in making people suffer and seeing people die in their sin. So God tells the people, repent and live. Now that's good advice. And I believe that Abimelech and these other evil men could have heeded this advice and could have spared themselves of what was to come. But Because they didn't do that, God allowed an evil spirit to come and they got their way. They desired to live in that way. They desired to be sinful. God gave them plenty of opportunity to return and to repent, and they refused to. And so as a result, the evil spirit had his way in their life. But God says here in this passage, he says, look, if you turn, I'll give you a new spirit. I'll give you a new heart. If you do what's right, if you turn from your wicked ways, from your evil, I'll give you a new spirit. Now, that's What we should shoot for, not that we want to continue in sin so that we may experience evil and an evil spirit, but that we may repent of our sin and we may experience a new heart and a new spirit and that we may live as the Lord says. All right, let's go back to Judges uh, chapter chapter 9. Judges 9. All right, so God had sent this evil spirit it caused this dissension uh, between, uh, between Abimelech and these men, these leaders of Shechem. And so things uh, were going really bad. As a result of that, the men of Shechem began to ambush people as they came into the city and Abimelech heard this. So Abimelech, of course, was not happy with what he had heard. Let's read a little further in verse 26. Gail, son of Ebed, came with with his brothers and crossed into Shechem, and the lords of Shechem trusted him." Now, I can't tell you much about this Gael son of Ebed because we just don't know much about him. Uh, We have a little bit of information here in this story, uh, but regardless of his background or where he come from, the real significance of him is what's gonna take place in these next few verses. So, here comes Gael to this town, and he brings with him his brothers, maybe blood brothers, maybe just people who are, who are close to him that are being referred to as brothers. At the very least, whoever they are, he brings these people with him. And the men of Shechem trust him. And so he's got their ear. This new guy comes into town. Perfect timing, right? Because they're tired of the old guy. So let's see what happens. Verse 27. So they went out to the countryside and harvested grapes from their vineyard. They trampled the grapes and held a celebration. Then they went to the house of their god, and as they ate and drank, they cursed Abimelech. Gael, son of Ebed, said, Who is Abimelech, and who is Shechem, that we should serve him? Isn't he the son of Jeroboam, and isn't Zebul his officer? You are to serve the men of Hamor, the father of Shechem. Why should we serve Abimelech? If only these people were in my power, I would remove Abimelech. So he said to Abimelech, Gather your army and come out. Now, we see two things here that we need to be on guard for and we need to be aware of. One is the, the, the heart of the people of Shechem here, these men of Shechem. Boy, they are eager to get somebody new in there. And here comes Gail talking about hope and change. I'm going to make things better. Isn't that what people are looking for? I mean, we hear it every time there's a presidential election. Anytime anybody's running for office, guess what they're going to do? I'm going to make everything better. I'm going to be good to every person. I'm going to change all the bad things. I'm going to make the good things better. If you elect me, you'll never have a problem for the rest of your life. You and your kids' kids will be blessed. And y'all will make a statue of me how great I am. Now that's what, that's what we hear, we hear stuff like that. Have you ever had a politician come to you and said, look, I'm not gonna do a very good job, your taxes are gonna go up and things are gonna be bad, but I want you to vote for me." None of them ever said that, but guess what? Those things happen. Why? Because, well, you can't have all good. But we get tired of the old guy, we get tired of the old people. It may be a boss at our job, it may be a preacher at the church, it may be a politician. But sometimes we get get tired of the old people. We have an ear, we're itching for something new. If we can just get something new, this guy, this girl, this woman, this man, he's going to be the one, she's going to be the one. This is what we've been waiting for. The last 150 we had, they weren't that good, but this is going to be the one because they're talking all the good stuff. So this is what Gail's doing. He comes into town. He gets the ear of the people, and he begins to talk. Who is this Abimelech? Why should we? Look at what he's done. Why should we serve him? You are Shechemites. You're from, you're from Shechem. We, we, we serve under Hamar. He's the one, the father of Shechem. What are you doing serving under Abimelech? You don't have to serve under him. There's something better out there. It's time for some change. I can make things better for you. And so the people harvest the vineyards. It says they, they trample on, the, on the, the grapes. Now they were probably drinking some wine here. It says that they ate and drank and they begin to kind of cheer him on. They were excited at what he says. It doesn't say that they were drunk, although it's not unreasonable for us to assume that maybe they were drunk here and they were having this party, this celebration, regardless of whether they were drunk or sober, Gail had gotten their ear and they were itching for something new. But what new that they were gonna get was not really gonna be any better than the old that they were under. Uh, That's a lesson that we've probably learned sometimes, and particularly uh, when it comes to politics. Newer is not always better, although sometimes it may be. So Gail had their attention here, and that's a lesson that we want to learn uh, from them, that we may not be so quick to listen to the new spiel that has come about. It may be all good and true, and the person speaking such things may have a right heart, or they may not. They may have a heart similar to that of Gale. He didn't really care too much for the people, it doesn't appear, uh, but he didn't like Abimelech. But he did want the people to follow him, and that led to many problems that was coming his way. The second thing we see in this part of the passage that I think it's good for us to consider is that... uh, 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 um, Gail says here toward the end of the passage, uh, at the end of verse 28, Why should we serve Abimelech? If only these people were in my power, I would remove Abimelech. So Gail begins to think to himself, If only I was in control. If only I was the one in charge. If it was me that was running things, things would be better. Now, we don't want to be the one who is duped and follow someone who's going to lead us astray. But we also want to make careful that in our lives, we are not those who have the if only attitude. Now that's easy for us to fall into that trap. If only I was in charge, if only I was the leader, if only I was the one making decisions, everything would be perfect, because I know everything. Now we probably are all guilty of that in some way. I'll tell you one way I am, I'll tell you what. When I'm watching a football game, you know, if I was a football coach, we would never lose a game. I would win it because I know. I know exactly every play that they should run. I know exactly why that player shouldn't be in there. I know exactly that that's the stupidest play in the world, and I don't know why they run it. I know everything about football, even though I've never played a snap of real football in my life. When I'm sitting on that, in that chair, I could, I could coach every team to the Super Bowl every year. I'd be undefeated. <laughs> if only I was the coach. I know what they need to do. Now, y'all ain't never done that, have you? But see, we kind of have that tendency in life in a lot of areas. If only I was the one who was in charge. See, everything looks good to us from the other side. Every, the grass is greener on the other side of the fence, so to speak. It's easy for us to see other people's problems or other problems that arise, and we know instantly how to fix them. Even if we don't have a clue all the details, we may not be trained in such a way to fix such a problem. We can fix it. I'll tell you another good thing. Now, y'all don't do this. I know y'all don't do this. But I've been in hospitals before, here just recently. And you know what people do? I've learned that there are more doctors in the waiting room of the hospital than there are back behind the doors. Because as soon as somebody's in there, everybody does this. Oh, I know what's wrong. All I need to do is give him, give him 100 cc's of so-and-so and he'll be fine. Oh, I can't believe they did that. It says here you're supposed to. Do. We all are doctors now because we can go to WebMD. Oh, I know what to do. If I was running this hospital, I'd tell you what I'd do. Well, now, y'all don't say that, but I know people who have said that. There's doctor. there's a whole waiting room full of doctors. They know everything that's right and everything that's wrong. If only I was the doctor, I'd have them fixed up and out of here in no time. You see, we we say that a lot sometimes maybe, or maybe you don't, maybe you do but we have that tendency to do that. If only I was the one in charge. Now that's what Gail was saying. If only I was the one, everything would be better. We went to a restaurant when we were in Dallas and we made reservations and we got there and they didn't keep our reservation. And we waited and we waited and we waited. And you know what I said? I tell you if I was running a restaurant, if only I was in charge, this wouldn't happen. But guess what? If I was a football coach, I would probably lose a lot of games. If I was a doctor, you would not want to come to me. If I were in a restaurant, there would be times that you would have to wait. You see, we look at everybody else and how they do things, and we think we could be a lot better. That's called pride. And a lot of times, boy, it causes problems in our life. We look at everybody else, and everybody else has got it easy, right? Boy, that that journalist, the one that writes to the paper, it'd be so easy to be a journalist. You don't have to do anything. You just, you, you don't even have to, you just write some stories, you write some stuff. It's easy, it's no trouble. That's an easy job. Just print the truth, everybody wants to hear the truth. Eh. You run a story in the paper, guess what? Half the people don't like it. Guess what they do when they call on you at night? You say, boy, I wish I could be a machinist. That'd be an easy job. Nowadays, I saw you just type it in on the computer, you don't have to do anything. Anybody can do that, but it's not. Do so you need that piece of piece of pipe that you need for that job and you can't get it? You got people calling you left and right. You say, boy, I could be a school teacher. School teachers got it made. If only I was a school teacher. They off on holidays, they get off every day at three o'clock. They don't have to work during the summer. School teachers got it made. If I was a school teacher, I'd teach these kids a thing or two. Kids don't know do nothing nowadays. If I was a school teacher, I'd turn these kids around. Well, barbers. I wish I was if only I was a barber. <laughs> got it made, $12 a haircut, only works four days a week. Are you kidding me? If only I was that, they got it easy. I got it hard. And we can look at everybody else and we can see all the problems they have, or we can see that their job looks good and no problems. If only I was a preacher, I'd tell you what I'd do. I'd straighten everybody out. I could preach what they need to hear. I could change the world. We all think these things. If I was running that church, I'd do it this way, I'd do it that way. If I was the president of this country, I'd tell you what I'd do. You see, we say all these things about all these different jobs, but there's one thing we don't have and that's all the information. We don't know everything. We think we do and pride kind of gets in the way, whatever it may be, and everything looks good to us, on the other side or we think we know everything on the other side but sometimes that gets us into trouble. But we all know that all those jobs I just said have their positives and negatives and their tough days but we all know that we should all just be retired because when you retired, you got it made. You don't have any problems in life everything's easy, smooth sailing, you sleep till 10 o'clock, you get up, you eat some lunch, you watch TV, you, you get you a nap in the afternoon, you go on vacation three or four times a year. That's what we all want to be is retired, because that's easy. If only I was retired. Well, that ain't true, is it? No, it ain't. Because most of you alls retired, and guess what, life's still hard. You see, Gail had this mindset here that if only I was in charge of these people, if only I was the leader, if only these people would follow me, I would straighten things out. And we kind of have that mindset sometimes. But what we need to remember is, well, maybe we don't need to be quite so proud. Maybe the grass is not always greener on the other side. Maybe the man or woman at the restaurant is doing as good as they can. Maybe the job that seems easy is not so easy. Maybe the people who are retired are not taking naps all day every day. Maybe they're working harder than all the rest of us during the day. If only, maybe instead of saying "If only I was in control," maybe we should say, "If only I would allow God to be in control." If only I would realize, you know what, Abimelech's way wasn't good. These people's way wasn't good, and my way is not good. If only I would trust the Lord. If only I would realize that his way is right. If only I would know that life is hard. No matter what job you work, no matter how young you are, no matter how old you are, no matter if you work 80 hours a week, no matter if you're retired, life is tough. It is tough for all of us. We all have things that come and that are stressful, and we all have things that we, boy, we mess up, and maybe we're working as hard as we can and things still mess up. Maybe there are things that we do that we shouldn't have done that mess up, but there are things in all of our lives, no matter what we do, no matter where we're from, that it's just tough, and we all are getting through it together, and we need to maybe have a little more patience for those people we see and say, you know what? Maybe they're doing the best they can. Maybe I don't have the answers. Maybe I'm just going to sit back and let the doctor tell me what's wrong with me. Maybe I'm going to just sit back and wait an extra few minutes for that table to open up. Maybe I'm going to be a little more patient with that person who's doing that work for me. Because maybe, just maybe, they know what they're doing. And maybe it's me that doesn't know what I'm doing. If only we would listen to the Lord, if only we would trust the Lord, if only we would not think too much of ourselves, but think more of the Lord, we might avoid some situations like we see here. Abimelech and the men of Shechem had plenty of opportunity, three years at least, to turn around, and they chose not to. They had another opportunity. Here come this new guy. They could have all learned their lesson there. But instead, they looked for that new thing that was coming. And they, they bought into it. And when Gail said, boy, if only I was the leader. But they didn't need Gail to be their leader. They needed God to be their leader. And so it is for you and I. We need God to be the leader in our life. We don't need to think we know everything because we don't. And that might have bursted your bubble, but that's okay. We don't need to think that we need to be in control. We need to allow God to be in control. And if we've made a mess of things, We're not going to fix it ourselves. The men of Shechem tried to fix it themselves, Oh, we'll just get a new guy in here. But that wasn't going to solve the problem. They didn't need a new guy. They already had a good God. They just needed to trust the God who was already there for, uh, for them. And we need to listen to God's words from Ezekiel 18. God says, look, I don't take any pleasure in seeing bad things happen to you. So what does he say? Repent and live. That's what these men should have did, and they didn't. Let us not be guilty of making the same mistake. Let's pray. Father God, we come to you tonight and I thank you for these words and I pray that you would help us not to be so proud as to think we know everything and we can fix everything and we can do it all ourselves. because God, we cannot. God, life is hard for all of us. There is no easy way through this life. We just got to take it as it comes, dear Lord, and know that you're with us through all of it. I pray that we would trust you, that we'd be obedient to you, that we would learn from Abimelech and the men of Shechem here that we wouldn't be so bold as to turn from you, but God, we would heed your words of warning and your words of instruction that we would repent, dear Lord, of our sins and that we would turn to you. I pray that you help us to be patient with other people uh, just in our in our normal walks in life of those that we encounter and the things that, that other professionals do, dear Lord, that we realize that maybe they know a little more than we do about it. And most importantly, dear Lord, we need to realize that maybe you know a little more than us about everything that goes on in our life. Even if it doesn't make sense to us, dear Lord, you know what's going on. Nothing catches you by surprise. And dear Lord, maybe we're in a time where you allow us to go through some things. Maybe there's somebody that's in it right now and they just feel like something they're going through is you allow them to go through. Well, God, maybe it's to get their attention. But dear Lord, I pray that we'd walk in obedience to you so we don't have to get, get, get those things that happen in our life to get our attention. But God, that we would just be obedient to you and listen to what you say and keep ourselves out of trouble. And I ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen.